Hello, and welcome to Cornerstone's Middle School Ministry Podcast. This message, given by Tyler Moore, is called Living the Bible and deals with what we do now that we're reading the Bible. It is the sixth message in our 40 Days in the Word series. This is the last day of our 40 Days in the Word series. Who has been here through the beginning? Who has been here the whole time? That is a hard accomplishment because you guys don't drive. Yes, can we go and clap it up for these people? They have been here. And you know why that's hard? You guys don't drive. You have to literally beg your parents when your parents are like, no, I just want coffee. Go away. You're like, no, you take me to church. Let's make this happen. I want to learn. So congratulations to you guys. We've been talking about the Bible. We got the Old Testament. We got the New. What does it mean? What is it about? And uh, this last day, we're going to be talking about something probably it's almost the most crucial. I have read my Bible. Now what? Some of you guys have read the Bible a couple times. Hopefully sometime during these last six weeks, you guys have actually opened up your Bible again and have been reading even more. So you're like, Tyler, I've opened up my Bible. Now what on earth do I do? This is a very important question and it needs some answers. And we're going we're gonna to dive into Scripture. Scripture has some answers for us. But this is in James 1.22. If you have it, open it up. If not, put it on your cell phone, Bible app. Don't worry. But don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourselves. Friends, this is one of the most funniest things that I or anyone else can really see. Is we read this Bible. We come to church every weekend. We know the worship songs. Some of us listen to Air One and tolerate it. No, I'm just kidding. Air One's great stuff. So... We're Christians, we read the Bible, we do all this Christian stuff, we believe in Jesus, but now what? Well, you must do what it says. And the funniest thing on this planet is when people don't do what they believe. It's, it's a word called oxymoronic. It's just hilarious. And if you guys think that people are the only ones that know when something is foolish, I care to disagree. This polar bears know exactly how I feel. Animal face palms. Even animals know when something is stupid. Friends, friends, we're Christians, We read this book. We believe in Jesus. Now we have to do what it says. When we don't do what it says, man, we look foolish. They use the word stupid, but I'm just going to say foolish. No one is perfect. All right, let's dive in. I have an example for you guys. Okay, Tyler, I'm reading in the Old Testament, and I'm in Zechariah for some reason. Uh, What do I do? Let's go into this scripture. If you have it, it's Zechariah 7.10. Good luck finding it. It's not easy. Let's follow along. Do not oppress. That means do not do harm or do not do wrong to. So do not oppress the widowed. Someone who has just lost their husband. Do not oppress the widow or do not oppress the orphaned. Those are kids whose parents have died in an accident and they have no one to depend on. Do not oppress the widowed or the orphaned. The foreigner, those are people from a different country who probably don't know the language. The foreigner or the poor. Do not oppress the widowed, the orphan, the foreigner, or the poor. And do not plot evil in your hearts against one another. Okay, I've opened up my Bible. I've read this. This is some pretty good information. What do I do from here? I mean, you're asking yourselves, I've just read this. You know, don't don't plot evil in my heart. Don't oppress the orphan or the poor. What do I do? Do I convince my parents to adopt a kid? Mom, there are orphans everywhere. Let's adopt one. You know, you kind of just walk up like it's the pound, and you're like, this guy, this guy needs a home. You're coming home with me, bud. No, it doesn't work like that. You can't convince your parents to do that. That is, that is a life-changing event. It's not just like the leaf down at Elsinore, the, 
the rescue shelter. Or what, what about this? Tyler, do I sell everything I own and give it to the poor? I'm not supposed to oppress them, so what do I do? Do I sell everything? Do I sell my Xbox 360 or my PlayStation 3 or the PlayStation 4 that's coming out, gentlemen? Ooh, yes, be prepared. PlayStation 4, do I sell all my games? Do I sell my guitar? Do I, spell, do I sell all my stuff and just give all that money to the poor? Just write a check to charity and just see where it goes? Well, if you do do that, God bless. That is an amazing gift. But I don't know about you, but I just don't have that, many, that much stuff that's worth a lot of money. I don't know about you. Some of you girls are like, I've got a Tiffany's bracelet. Obviously, you don't know. But, friends, I encourage you. Let's dive in further. There's some things we can do. There's some things that I can't do. Tyler, who are the poor? Where do I find the poor? Do I just help the financially poor? Or do I help the poor in spirit? Friends, there's a lot of scripture you're going to read, and you're not going to be sure what to do. So let's take it slow, and let's take it one step at a time. The first thing on your notes, pull those bad boys out. I want you to write on your notes. We all got it? We all got pens? We all good? Good. Do the most you can with what you have and where you are. So I'll say that again. Do the most you can with what you have and where you are. Do the most you can with what you have. And I got some more scripture for you guys. We're going to be in 1 Corinthians 12. And so listen to this. Is everyone an apostle? That means someone who goes, who goes and teaches the Lord's, the Lord's good news. Is everyone an apostle? Of course not. Is everyone a prophet? No. Are all teachers? No. Does everyone have the power to do miracles? Does everyone have the gift of healing? Of course not. Does God give all of us the ability to speak in unknown languages? No. Can everyone interpret unknown languages? No. And in any event, you should desire the most helpful gifts. And what we're, we're going to continue in this scripture, but I want you guys to get this thought right now. Am I an apostle? No, probably not. I mean, we're only in middle school. Let's be honest. Can I heal the poor? Can I walk into the ICU unit at Loma Linda and heal a sick child? Probably not. Can I go and prophecy and see things in the future that are going to happen? If you can, that's good. Let me know what the winning lotto numbers are. I'll share the wealth. Come on, help a brother out. Probably not. Friends, we got to do the most we can with what we have. So on your next, it says, on your next notes, it says, take what it says and put it into action in your lives. All right, Tyler, you had me write it down. Do the most I can with what I have. How do I do that? Well, take what the Bible says and put it into action in your lives. And I'll even pull that up on the slide for you. There we go. Friends, when the Bible says things like love your neighbor as yourself, probably girls, probably gossiping about that girl in class who doesn't like you and who you don't like, probably isn't loving your neighbor. Boys, I mention this a lot, but when fist fights are about to go down and you're in a bro-off, come at me, bro. What's up, bro? What's up, bro? You got something against me, bro? What's up, bro? What's up, bro? You get into this bro-off, as they call it. Punching him probably isn't loving your neighbor, right? So there's all these things that the Bible says, right? If you are insulted or if someone slaps you, turn the other cheek. Jesus said that. That's basically a way to say if someone insults you, don't rebuke them, don't retaliate, just forgive. Turn the other cheek. I know it's hard. It's a crazy thought, I know. But friends, under your next notes, 
I want our, the next line I want you to write, love God and love others. And yeah, 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 I just said it. And yeah, 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 I say it every weekend, I know. How is this important? Why is love so important? Tyler, to be quite honest, I cannot buy a house with love. Tyler, to be quite honest, I cannot buy a PlayStation 3 with love. Tyler, to be quite honest, I cannot buy that Tiffany's bracelet that shines ever so brightly in the sun with love. They do not accept it. I've tried. I've complimented them, and they just did not give me that Tiffany's bracelet, and it is a travesty and just the worst thing ever. Girls, I promise you life will go on even if you don't get that Tiffany's bracelet. Let's continue. Friends, Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 13. If I could speak in any language in heaven or on earth, but didn't love others, I would only be making a meaningless noise like a loud gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy, and if I knew all the mysteries of the future and knew everything, but didn't love others, what good would I be? And if I had the gift of faith so that I could speak to a mountain and I could make it move, without love, I'd be no good to anybody. If I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I wouldn't be of no value whatsoever. Friends, are we getting what Scripture is saying here? Without love, man, it's kind of meaningless. Guys, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to let the secret out. Friends, if we're Christians, if we've asked Jesus Christ into our life, and even if you guys aren't Christians, you're thinking, okay, he sounds cool. Tyler, continue. Friends, if we don't love others as much as we love ourselves, and that's a hard thought. But if we can't try to show others love, man, what are we doing? Jesus Christ gave us two commandments. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and love your neighbor as yourself. Friends, love is important, but I know that's not what the world is telling you right now. I understand, but let's continue. How do I do the most I have with what I got? Next on your line, I want you to write, trust in God's strength and not your own. Trust in God's strength and not my own. All right, Tyler, love my neighbor. Let's try this out. Loving kindness is a gift of the Spirit, right? You can just be kind to everyone. Friends, what about that kid who, who's always getting picked on in class or the kid who sits alone on the bus day in and day out? Or that kid in your neighborhood who just no one is friends with? Friends, can we trust in God enough to walk up to him and say something kind? Do we trust in God enough to go to the kids who've been outcasted, the not popular kids, the, the kids that might even smell funny? I don't know. Try to forgive them if they do. Just do we trust in God enough to say something kind? Friends, it's hard, I know. We gotta trust in God's strength, and not our own. Because I promise you, when you go up to that friend who you know doesn't know Jesus Christ, when you walk up to that friend who you know has never been to church, and you have this feeling you should tell him about Jesus, because you know he's going through a hard time or she's going through a hard time, 
man, I'm right there with you. You're walking up and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm going to look like an idiot. You're just narrating in your head. This person's going to think I'm a creep. I'm going to be just socially outcasted from everyone. This is going to be the worst thing ever. And you have all these doubts in your mind about telling someone the good news about Jesus. Friends, I know, it's okay. Trust in God's strength and not your own. Friends, it's not easy. But I I, I want to give you another scripture. That's Galatians 2.20. My old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So I'm going to give you guys an analogy right now. Are you ready? I, I, I hope I've practiced this several times. Hopefully it looks cool. You ready for this? Whoosh! Magic, right? I just made that up here out of nowhere. I know, that was lame. I shouldn't have even tried that. But, so, what do we have here? We've got a giant little bowl, and then we have a cup, a Starbucks cup. Uh, yes, we are now sponsored by Starbucks. Uh, they've decided to sponsor our ministry. We should be receiving free Frappuccinos any day. No, I'm just kidding. I wish they would sponsor us. Oh, yeah. All of you guys were so stoked. Leaders were like, yes, finally my hard work has paid off. No, we are not sponsored by Starbucks, nor would they endorse us. I've called several times. But this cup is us. And I know it's a Starbucks cup. Try to forgive me. I understand. But My old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Friends, these last weeks, we've connected the dots. We've talked about communion. We've talked about a relationship with Jesus Christ. When we have a relationship with Jesus Christ, he pours his love into us. When we have a relationship with Jesus Christ, he pours his blessing into us. How do I have a relationship with Jesus Christ, Tyler? Well, first of all, you have to ask him into your heart. Ask him for forgiveness for not being perfect. I don't think any of us really are perfect. And after that, you worship him, right? The music that you just heard, that Colton did a great job. I, I wish he was in here again so I could congratulate him on how beautiful it was. Man, that worship, they, they worked so hard to prepare that for you guys. And when you sing along and when you think about God when you're worshiping, God's able to pour his love into you. You're able to feel his love through the Holy Spirit. Friends, when you're reading your Bible, the whole point of this 40 days in the Word, trying to get you guys to understand the Bible better, God is exchanging intimate ideas and feelings with you that my preaching will never do. When you read your Bible, God speaks to your heart. He pours into you. He pours love into you. Friends, I want to give you this analogy because we are this cup and even though this is supposed to represent God and Christ, this is tiny. He is the God of the universe. He created the universe. How much bigger is he than this? But every time I read my Bible, he pours his love into me. I hope we can all see. I'm sorry if I'm in your way. Every time I worship him and I think about him, maybe with music or sports or something else, however I honor him, he pours his love into me. Whenever I pray and I ask for forgiveness for all the times I've messed up, or maybe I pray about something good and I talk with him, he pours into me 
love and blessings and intimate connection. And as we continue to be in relationship with him, he continues to pour, and he continues to pour, and he continues to pour out his love and his blessings until it reaches a point where it's literally overflowing with love, where it's overflowing with joy and peace and patience and kindness. And I want you to know right now that overflow, that overflow that's happening, that is you pouring your love onto others. That is you pouring God's love that he put in you into others. It's the craziest thing. He just continues to pour until you don't know what to do. You, I have no idea what to do with all these blessings. I have no idea what to do with all this joy and comfort. I have no idea what to do with all of this. But just overflow with it. Tell everyone the good news. Just overflow with joy. But friends, I'm quite aware that things happen in this life that we can't control. Things like death, losing a parent, things like divorce, parents separating, things like neglect. Our parents are suffering through something, so we aren't getting all the love that we require. Things like best friends betraying us, things like becoming heartbroken, things like sickness and disease. And whether we put the lid up by not reading the Bible, whether we put this lid on by not worshiping, whether we put this lid on by not praying daily, we're not just not able to receive his love. We're not able to receive his love, but we're not able to pour it out on others, or at least not as much. And so, friends, I want to talk to you quite candidly right now. You can put your notes away. Friends, what is your lid? What is preventing your relationship with God. Friends, what is preventing God's love from being poured into you? Because I promise you, we might be this tiniest little Starbucks cup. I promise you, we might be, we might feel insignificant. We might feel like no one. Tyler, I'm just in middle school. Tyler, I'm only 20 years old. Tyler, I'm not even in ministry. Tyler, I'm not even that far into my relationship with Christ. But I promise you, how little this is compared to God, you could not even believe. If we do take the steps that we need, if we do worship him, if we do pray every day, if we do read our Bible every day, he will just pour out into us. He will pour out everything we require of him, everything we need to survive, and until we are overflowing, and it honestly cannot even be stopped. But what is your lid, friends? I'll be quite candid with you. My lid, man, my lid is my dad's death. Man, I shut myself off. I shut my heart off. I tried to support my family, but I couldn't because I was away from God. And not only was I not receiving God's blessing, it just was going everywhere else but me, what I felt. I was unable to give out God's love. What's your lid? We're going to pray. God, you have so much love for us that we cannot even imagine.